Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime. Or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married. But you know what I mean. I am Kristen from kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never ever getting the results that you deserve, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, I am joined by another woman who coaches men, who helps men, who is going to be talking to us today about how important connecting to a woman really is. Whether you are just starting to date a woman, whether you're heavy into a relationship, whether you're deep into a marriage, connection is so important. If you are not giving a woman connection, then you are slowly destroying your relationship. So keep listening because we're going to dive into this heavily and tell you exactly how to avoid breaking down this connection with the women and women in your life. Welcome to another episode of the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source, women. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinras. And today we have a relationship coach and author of Open Her, Erin Brody, hanging with us to talk about tons of different things. I saw all the topics that were suggested, so excited to dive in. They're good ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to give a little bit of background before we let Karen jump on. But one of my clients, I'm not going to say who it is, had forwarded me an email that Karen wrote. He basically just said, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I should bring Karen onto my podcast. And typically when other guys show me information, I like to look at the information so I can learn from other women. And sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm not. But with the email that was sent over from Karen, I like immediately lit up because I just loved everything that she was saying because it's very in line with my own beliefs and my teaching and my coaching and same with Christian. We're very in line as well. But 
I also think that the topic of the email, which I'll read in a second after I introduce Karen. Karen Brody, the man coach, welcome to our show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Marnie. It's really great to be here with you too. Yeah. Well, I want to dive into the email that you wrote that I'm talking about. So I'm just going to read for a second, mind the flubs. And then I wanted to dive into what was discussed in this because I think it's so important for guys. I'll, I'll read it and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. So I have a story for you about a man who thought his marriage was all but over. That is until he reached out to me for guidance. The man's name is Liam. One day, Liam's wife sits down and tells him, maybe we should separate. I don't know if I love you anymore. Liam is devastated. He didn't see it coming. To him, her message is unequivocal. It's over. She no longer wants him. Separation is just a way to soft pedal him toward divorce. What she wants is out, he hears. So he says to her, okay, whatever you want. This is not the first time Liam lets Melanie take lead. He'd been doing this for years. Now he's ready to simply throw the fight to her. That night, Liam wakes up at 3 a.m. with an inspiration. Maybe his marriage isn't over. Just maybe there is something he can do. That morning, he finds my book, Open Her, consumes it in one day and reaches out to me for help. What Liam quickly discovers is that just because his wife, Melanie, said she wasn't sure she loved him and she wanted to possibly separate did not mean she was necessarily done or that they were over. Sometimes a woman says this because she herself is desperate to be heard, desperate for you to step in and make things better. She's at a point where she's simply out of ideas. Dropping this bomb on you is a way of letting you know that things for her feel critically wrong and off kilter, that she's scared and picturing a life without you. Sometimes this point is a powerful opportunity and wake up call for a man to reclaim himself his leadership, and the love he wants to share with his partner. And sometimes it is sadly just over. That really resonated with me. And Karen, I'd love if you can elaborate for my listeners on what it is they just heard me read. And a lot of the guys that are listening are not in marriages. They're single, potentially getting into new relationships, possibly divorced and separated from old relationships. And I'd love for you to speak to those guys that are listening to really explain what you were trying to explain in this email about women, because I think it's so important for men to hear. Of course, I'd love to. So I coach men and I've been doing so for about 22 years. And this situation is really common where the man feels blindsided by his woman's feelings or her choice around considering leaving him and initiating divorce. And so I've I've spent years looking at why is it that men don't see this coming? Because the signs are obviously there. Women don't come out of nowhere and say, I want to leave you, right? And in the case of Liam, what was happening is a difference in how we communicate that men tend not to get. When a woman is complaining, she's essentially saying, I don't feel loved. I don't feel your presence. I don't feel appreciated or I don't feel safe with you. And because of the way that men hear things literally and because of the way that women communicate sort of passively, the man hears it as an indictment of his performance in the relationship. And when he hears it as an indictment, what happens is that he shuts down or he becomes defensive. And in his desire to protect himself, he withdraws generally is what happens. And essentially hopes for the best, thinks, okay, she's having a moment, this thing is going to go away. And the way that the woman interprets it is, he doesn't care about me. 
I'm suffering here. I'm afraid. I don't feel the connection that I need to feel. And he's just not getting it. So over time, what she does, she just gets louder and louder. She's like, if you're not going to hear me, I'm just going to start screaming. And some women rise to the level of even becoming verbally abusive. And so instead of the man hearing the cry or the need in that, what he's hearing is she's abusive, right? She's trying to break me down as a man. And the only thing I could do is just turn her off and go about my business. And so therefore, it isn't until that moment that she sits him down and says, I'm leaving, that he realizes this was serious. He actually had no idea. That's sad. That's really very sad. Can you explain maybe why are women not heard when making these complaints? I understand that you just said men internalize this as, I forget the word that you use, an indictment or as a clash against them. But what is it that men should be listening for in these complaints? Like how should they be handling these complaints instead? Because I would think the same thing. Like People communicate differently. And if I'm not understanding what the other person is saying, or I'm seeing it as an attack on me, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to shut down and I'm going to not really pay much attention to, well, what they're talking about. Like that's a natural reaction for most people. So how do men know to take this differently if women aren't being so clear? Am I making sense with what I'm asking you? Sorry. Absolutely. And I understand your confusion. Well, this is an example of women doing exactly what they do. So yeah. Exactly. And for years, I was asking myself, why do women communicate in this way, including me, even though I know better and I'm a coach? And what I've come to discover is I think it's that by nature, women are more passive. Okay. And I'm not saying we're always passive. I'm just saying by nature, we're more passive. And so rather than saying what it is directly that we want from our partners, we will tend to complain. It's not a good thing. And I wish it were different. But like I tell my clients, you can try to change a woman's nature or you can really just better understand why she does what she does. So when a woman is lonely, for example, and she feels like, you know, you're not there for me, a lot of times what she'll say is, we never spend time together. Does that one sound familiar? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the man hears this literally and he's like, what are you talking about? Can we just spend yesterday together? Last weekend, I went away with you. It's so funny. This is me and my husband all the time. That's so funny. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. yeah. And you as a woman might think, oh, I'm not a complainer. But the way that men hear it is this is a complaint. And again, some sort of criticism of his behavior. And so he closes off or he becomes defensive and he argues with the literal meaning of your words, which men do really well. Then the woman says, you're not hearing me. And he says, I did hear you. You said we never spend time together, right? If a woman is feeling like her partner doesn't spend enough time with the kids, she'll say, you never spend time with the children, right? (laughs) And again, he feels triggered and he becomes defensive. So the question is, you know, why don't women ask more directly? I think it just is difficult for us. In the same way we would say to our partners, hey, you want to have sushi tonight, right? Instead of saying, I want to have sushi tonight, we check in with other people to see what they want first. It's just how women are by nature. And so what I teach men to do is to listen for the cry, right? The ask, the thing that's behind the complaint. Because if you want to lead through this and not get into arguments all the time, you just learn to accept that's her nature. It's not great. It's not perfect, but it is what it is. 
And then a man can start to say to his partner, hey, it's a lot more effective if you're able to just ask me directly for what you want. And he can encourage her to do that and hopefully turn the tides with this a little bit. I love that. Because it's true. You can educate people in front of you to change their patterns. And as you said, this is historically how women communicate, right? Where we are more passive. I'm sure that's changing with younger women now. But I think as a gender, we are ultimately more passive in our communication. So the more that other people can help that rather than put it down or misunderstand that, I think it can help change for the greater good of communication for the couple and then just in general for men and women. So what would be the best way for a man to hear her cries? And again, this isn't just for guys who are in relationships. This is for everybody who's listening. Because if you are dating, it could happen on a date where a woman makes a statement like this. If you are just getting into a relationship and you're about to come into your first bump with a woman, this could be one of the bumps that happens where some statement does come out of her mouth that you don't like. So learning these things can really help bring you closer together and having her and you feel more loved. So what would be some ways for a guy to hear her cries and communicate that to her in the moment when he's triggered? I think what the guy wants to hear is, what is she asking for here? Because initially he's going to feel triggered by it. And then he wants to take a deep breath and say, what is she wanting, right? So if I say, we never spend time together, you know that's not true, right? And if you address that literally with me, we're going to get into an argument. But if you hear it, well, what is she asking for? She's saying she wants to spend more time with me. And so you say to her, are you telling me you want to spend more time with me? And then, of course, she says yes. She melts. She feels like, oh, you really heard me. And then taking action on that, of course, is even more powerful to say, well, let's get some time on our calendars. I think you brought up a really good point around when this particular trigger first comes up in any relationship. Because in a man's mind, he starts to tell himself something like, here we go, right? I'm being critiqued on my behavior. And so then it becomes alert, right, to these critiques. And if it happens frequently enough, he starts to tell himself the story, I just can't make this woman happy. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many guys I have saved from breaking up with women because they felt like this is useless. Mm-hmm. I'm not what she wants. When in actuality, she's just communicating like a woman. And she's communicating, I want you. I just want you to love me more and pay more attention to me. It's just so interesting how two people hear it so differently. Exactly. Well, so for me and my husband, I'll give a little bit of insight to our relationship. Like everything you just said is the exact dialogue that happens. I do have to say for my husband, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I feel like he is lucky because I can at least communicate that second portion to him about. After I do make my complaint and after he does have his triggered response and his fears that come into place, I can then just say, I'm just trying to tell you that I miss you or I'm not spending enough time with you. And I can say those things later on, which I don't think a lot of couples get that space to say that because either they're not aware or they're too hurt and damaged and then they're in a fight by that point. But this is so common. My point to bring this up is that even for me, I'm in this space as well. And I coach about this all the time. And I still step on this landmine continuously. As do I. And so my question for you that I think is so fascinating is, why do you lead with a complaint and then explain what it means? Because I'm 
scared or I'm at a point where I'm so frustrated that it just comes out that way at the wrong time. That is my, those are my two reasons for it happening. Most of it's from fear that it's going to end in a fight because it has historically ended in a fight when I do bring these things up, which has silenced me more. We've never had a conversation where I bring something up and in my best efforts to bring something up hasn't resulted in him being triggered in the very beginning. So it scares me from getting into that space with him because all I want in that moment is to be loved immediately. And when I have to explain that I want to be loved, then it takes away from the love that's been given. I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself properly, but that's how I feel. So then every time I feel like I have to bring something like this up, it's fear that stops me from doing this. Exactly. And then there's this sort of emotional pressure cooker going on inside of you where it's like, yeah, how many times have I told him that I need this, right? How many times have I said, just put it on the room, on the couch? Right. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah, or for some women, it's like, why isn't he sensing this disconnect between us? Yes, oh my God, all the time. Yes, it's so, yes. Yeah, and why do I have to ask? So there's the irritation that comes with needing to say, I need something from you. And it's vulnerable. And I think that's a big piece of why we complain. It's like, I need to get loud with you so you really get it. I'm in pain here. And so, yeah, when men don't understand that, it's usually disastrous. Yeah, completely. I will say my husband and I have been together for a very long time and we continuously work on this because we are both human beings. We get scared, we get vulnerable, and we do ultimately get to a great place where we can share these things and then we reconnect. So that's very nice between the two of us. I see examples of other people that I know where it's just a disconnect forever and they're just staying with each other because they have to be staying with each other and they never have these moments where they understand each other. But this weekend, we went away for the weekend with our two sons. And for some reason, I was able to really calmly communicate right off the bat. I think because we were in vacation mode, which we haven't been in a very long time. And we were on a camping trip and I sat around the fire and my kids were sleeping and I brought something up to him really calmly and lovingly, which is what he's always asking for me to do. And I said it in a very nice tone and he just responded like so well. And we had a great conversation about a very sticky topic for both of us. And that was one of the first times where it didn't start off with a clash and then get to good communication. It immediately was great communication. And I know that most of that was my doing because I didn't start off by being so worked up. Exactly. Yeah. But it is very rare. It's very rare for that to happen. And for the exact reasons that you said about women, that it's very vulnerable, it's scary, it's hard to express our wants, especially if we're trained over and over again, that when we do express our wants, even if it's in not in the best way possible... They get shut down, yelled at, dismissed, whatever it is, so that we, again, build up this huge fear and more fear every single time. And then this anger inside us starts to boil. And I'm sure that this is resonating with a lot of guys as well, because they've seen this happen to women in their lives. Maybe they see it happen in their mothers with their fathers or other women that they've dated or past women that they've been with. So it's, I think it's nice. I don't know if it's nice for them, but I hope that this is great for them to hear this other side of what's really going on and that it's really just vulnerability, sensitivity, fear, and maybe even a little bit of shame. Mm -hmm. 
I like that you brought up this wound that women have around feeling that they've asked before for what they wanted and it wasn't given. But in actuality, I think what happens is the way they ask is murky. They're not asking directly. And again, men don't hear it as an ask. What you said is ideal in that when women ask directly and they ask without shaming a man or making him wrong, the man is like, yeah, he's all about it. Let me do it for you, right? Men love to serve us. But when he feels like he's made wrong beforehand, naturally he goes into resistance. So I think a lot of us need to heal the story that we've asked, that we're not heard, and really learn to be vulnerable and direct about what we want from men and what we'll discover is that we'll actually get it. Yeah. Okay. I want to take a quick break with you. And then I want to come back and continue with this relationship because I think it's fascinating. But I also want to talk about more building trust with women. So we will be back with Karen Brody right after this. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we are back with Karen Brody, who is also a coach for men. And she helps explain how we women work, which I think that she's doing a great job so far with explaining to me how I work. So I think it's wonderful. But I wanted to talk about a couple of other topics that are closely related to what we've covered in the first half of this show. I wanted to segue into about how sex wanes in a relationship in accordance with your power and confidence. Because I feel like this is very closely tied to what we've been talking about. Do you find that historically the pattern is in relationships that Women want to state their wants. Men don't receive it so well. Some trust gets broken. Some safety is taken away. And then sex starts to wane. Is that a pattern that you see happening quite often? Or actually, I can even ask, what is your take on why sex starts to wane in a relationship? Well, let's look at it from the angle of the break and the way we were talking about what happens at the emotional level, right? So the man feels, I'm being criticized here. So he starts to withdraw and starts to listen in a very careful way. And I think the same thing happens sexually. And it can happen as soon as within the first few months of the relationship where the woman is experiencing some kind of resistance. And essentially what that means is she's not feeling connected to him. Maybe there's a question about his commitment to her. Maybe there's something that's happened in their communication that feels unresolved. And there's that moment where she's like, "Um, I don't know, right? She doesn't want to make love. And for the man, 
that's a really scary moment because up until that point, she's been really open to him. So the way that he interprets that is really important concerning his power. So if this continues to happen, what men start to tell themselves again is, I don't have what she wants. She doesn't want me. Because a man, if he's into a woman, doesn't stop desiring her in the way a woman might if there's some sort of emotional break for her. Right. Disconnect. Yeah, break in trust or what have you. And so rather than navigating that in a powerful way by saying, hey, tell me what's going on for you, he becomes scared, right? And he withdraws because he feels like, wow, she doesn't want me. And then she interprets that to mean he doesn't really love me. He doesn't really care about me. He just wants sex. And therefore, when sex isn't available, he pulls away. So I work with men who have been going through this year upon year where this is never bridged, right? And all they tell themselves is she doesn't want me. And so they take up behaviors that are not powerful, such as bargaining for sex, right? Okay, well, maybe I just need to figure out what to do here. Maybe I need to be more supportive. Maybe I need to be more helpful around the house. Maybe I need to listen better. And they start jumping through all these hoops. And that just conveys to the woman what she believed in the first place is he's just about the sex. He'll do anything for it. And what's really sad then is you get this relationship where she starts to disrespect him because she feels like he's essentially working for her. And she starts to diminish and shame him sexually. And then over time, he just stops initiating and you've got a real disaster on your hands. It is crazy what happens when you take away connection from a woman. Because I will say like, there's a parallel for this. This has nothing to do with sexual, obviously, because I'm going to talk about my father right now. But I have that relationship with my father in that he couldn't give me the connection that I need, but he would give me everything else. He would go buy me a million things. If I like Barbies, he bought me 30 Barbies. If I liked Archie comics, he like he bought me 30 Archie comics or whatever. Like he would just keep giving me, giving me, giving me. And in my mind, those actions, I just saw him lowering and lowering and lowering because what I ultimately wanted from him was an emotional connection that he couldn't actually give to me. So this type of pattern with women and with relationships between men and women or between people can happen in other spaces that aren't necessarily just like sexual romantic relationships, but just relationships in general. But it's just so interesting how this lack of connection or emotional, I'm not even really sure what it is that it is that we want, but when that's not there and it's not discussed or talked about, or at least shown as important to the other person that they want to understand it better, we do, we cut off people. Women cut off people. Do you know the biological reason for this? Like, why do women do this? There must be some sort of reason behind why we do this. I'm not sure of what you mean by how we cut people off. Well, I'm saying like what you were describing that you start to belittle a man or you start to get louder and like kind of verbally beat him down and become abusive when women continuously ask for what they want in their aggressive way or in a way that serves them well. If they continue to not get that soothed, they end up kind of cutting the man off. They cut him off sexually. They cut him off emotionally. They cut him off even in friendship, like on a respect level. Yes, yes. And I'm trying to understand this as well. How does this serve us? Like, where does it biologically come from for us? In what way does this protect us? 
And I don't know the answer. I don't know if you do either, but it's just an interesting thing to think about. Like, what is the purpose of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there is this idea that we are protecting ourselves, but we're actually harming ourselves by ensuring that we're not going to get the intimacy we need from a man by cutting him off and shaming him and all of that. But essentially what we're saying is, can't you see how much I need you? Can't you see that I need you to be here no matter what I'm going through? Rather than running away from me and trying to do all these things like you were describing of your dad, right? You're out there trying to do all these things and then you're looking for rewards, right? And the whole time you're missing that what I want you to do is really connect with me and not be afraid of me. Because this is the thing is men become afraid. They're afraid of what we feel because it seems to them that what we feel is an indictment of who they are and if they're mad enough, right? So they start running in the other direction. Okay, let me just get the house clean. Let me clean the garage and things of that nature. And all the time she's like, pounding her fists on the table, like, you're just not here. But it's all an effort to avoid our own vulnerability unconsciously. You know, that we don't want to say, like, I need you. I need you to sit down and listen to me and hear why I'm not wanting to make love with you and what's going on for me and to not be afraid of that. Well, maybe we can give some pointers to the guys that are listening about how to receive that information, because that can be difficult as well. Because you even gave an example of a man saying, well, what's going on? But a lot of the times I do know that when men say, well, what's going on? Women will respond back with nothing. I'm fine. It's all good. And then they're like, okay, well, she says it's fine. What is a way for them to further be curious and further press the issue and just say, like, I know something's going on. We're going to sit down and talk about this. Like, what are some good probing questions for guys to ask women so that they can actually get these women to crack open? and give them the responses that they need so that they can do something with it. I don't know that it's necessarily specific questions. I think it's more the embodiment of staying with it. So if you know that women aren't passive by nature, you know she's going to say something like nothing, right? She doesn't feel she has a right to really say so. So she's battling with herself. Like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be okay with this, right? Two, she's not sure you really mean it, that you really actually care. And if your tone as a man is saying, what's wrong with you, right? What's wrong now? Then naturally, she's not going to open to you. But I think if you're committed to knowing, sometimes she's going to act passively with you and you just press just a little bit more in a loving, centered way. And you say, look, I know something's up. Just tell me what's going on. I really want to hear it. And you insist in a way that feels good to her, most women will crack. Would you say you would crack to that? No, I totally would. But I will say, if there is a caveat to that, I will crack, but I have to see that it's being received and not creating anger in the person that I'm cracking to. So for me, I crack and I open my floodgates and I reveal everything. And sometimes because it's been kept in for so long, it's really heightened. And maybe even the words that I use to describe aren't necessarily accurately describing what's going on. They're more enhanced and more extreme. And if I see that that rattles the person in front of me or there's evidence that it rattles them by a scowl or a rude response or an aggressive response, I shut down immediately. I do too. I do too. And this is why I'm so passionate about teaching men how to navigate women emotionally. Because I think without some tools, first of all, some background information on how women operate at the emotional level, and then how to navigate women 
successfully in a way that feels powerful to a guy. I think men feel out of their depth and they feel like they're under attack. And that's a hard place to be. For sure. Yeah. And oftentimes the guy feels like, okay, I just sort of have to put up with this. And if you feel that, naturally, you're not going to remain open to him. Totally. Yeah. And that's tough. That's very tough. I love that you're saying that you experience this as well, because we have a lot of experts who come on here and they, they'll talk as if like everything's perfect in their relationship and it's so easy to navigate this world and they've cracked the code. And I know that that's not true. <laughs> so I love that you're saying that you still are a woman, but that you're learning to navigate this by understanding yourself and understanding your partner. And hopefully he's learning to do the same thing because he seems to have a really good coach teaching him. But I think for a lot of people out there, I think really just knowing that women are like this will be really helpful information. And then if anybody does want to figure out how to get women to open up and get these tools that Karen's been talking about, then I highly suggest you go and get her book. It's called Open Her Up. Is that what it is? Open Her. Open Her. Wonderful. I'm going to wrap up this show because I think that we've really covered the topic that I wanted to cover for today's show. And I really enjoyed talking with you, Karen. And I'm glad that you decided to come on when I wrote to you (laughs) based on the recommendation of one of my clients. So I'm so glad that we got to talk about this. Me too. Thank you so much. Yeah, me too, Chris. And I'm so glad that you just like chatted my ear off the entire... (laughs) My throat is so sore now. I know, burning. burning, I know. No, she's taking in everything I can see. You're just taking it all in. But Karen, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Kristen, thank you so much for showing up and being something pretty for us to look at while we are recording. Karen, why don't you tell people where they can go get a copy of your book? Well, you can get a copy of the book. It's called Open Her, Activate Seven Masculine Powers to Arouse Your Woman's Love and Desire. It's based on seven masculine archetypes. You can buy it on Amazon. Love it. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, I loved it. And for anybody who is listening, if you have topics that you want us to cover on the show that we have not yet tackled after 390 episodes, <laughs> I'm sure there are a few things that we still have not covered, but I would love to hear suggestions from you. Not questions from you, just suggestions about topics. So send those topic suggestions into ask at askwomenpodcast.com so that we have topics for us to discuss that have never been covered before on this show. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. Don't waste your time downloading individual episodes. That is a waste of time, time that you could be using getting to become stronger masculine men who can communicate with the women in your life. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 